Hello, listener. <laughs> Come on in. Yeah, have a seat. We're really glad to. We're really glad you're here. So will, you, will, you, will you go ahead and uh, no. make yourself comfortable? No, stop. <laughs> Does he have candy? <laughs> Doctor Creepy. Tell us. Tell us who your favorite superhero is. Oh, okay, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's what. No, what? That is crazy. Yeah, Jacob. Why? Why? Right, why are so, you speaking so creepily? So, guys, I'm I'm not going to participate a lot in this one because there's I don't maybe I have strep. It's probably airborne. So you know. Wait, wait. Why are you here right now? Airborne strep. <laughs> yeah, it's that's th- the worst kind it's of strep. An, it's a new thing I have. I'm sorry, but yeah, this is this is the peak volume, and it's it's going to sound really sm- soothing, and I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of. Uh, we have different definitions of soothing. I think. <laughs> I know you're soothed. Hey, hey kids. <laughs> just Hello. just Jolie's feelings are totally okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jacob, if you're not going to talk as much, yeah. who are we going to have to be our third here? I think we're going to need someone that. Is going to do a much better job of that intro than I would, and that is Dr. Matt. Dr. Matt's here. Dr. Matt. Hey Welcome, How's it Dr. Going? Matt. Yeah, pretty good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, yeah. Can I bill you for this hour? Or? No, I can't. <laughs> no, okay. No, that's all right. <laughs> right. Welcome, Dr. Matt. For those of you who don't know Dr. Matt, he was on our Psychology of Fear. Yes. That's what we call yeah. it, the Psychology of Fear show, back uh, in October 2015. Yeah, monsters. And we uh, had so much Fear. fun with him that we decided we would uh, meet with him again. So... But Dr. Matt, if you could just give a, a brief introduction of yourself for people who may only be listening to this episode. Or not so brief. Oh, or not so brief. So when I was a kid, um, <laughs> I am Matt Woolley. I'm a clinical psychologist here in Salt Lake. Uh, I'm a professor at the University of Utah, and I also have a private practice, which you guys have invaded tonight. We're here <laughs> after hours, late at night. Here, this is where the therapy magic happens. That's why he was trying to build us. I like to, right? I like to call this the trust tree. We're in the trust tree. I, I mean, don't see a tree. Um, so whatever you want to say, it's just between us, confidentiality, and all your listeners. It's it's weird that you have a poster on your wall that says, "Tell me about your mother." Yeah. I, I don't know what yeah, that's yeah. for. Well, I just get tired of saying it, so I just kind of point. I tap at <laughs> yes, it. You know, it's like, come on, tap hey, the wall. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be mom's fault. Um, no, no. So I'm I'm it, a psychologist. And is uh, this yeah. the couch? That is the couch. You guys are on the Joel couch Joel and I tonight. are sitting on the couch. We're actually we're actually spooning on the couch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you went there this time. Yeah, it's because you've of, accepted those feelings no, a little faster. No, it was because faster, of uh, though, it was our, our Greg's Guide episode that we did, which was a lot of fun. I didn't it know was. we were doing sex therapy. Today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr. Matt, I should remind you the show is family friendly. <laughs> hey, He's a doctor. A healthy sex life makes a family friend. <laughs> there you go. He's a doctor. That, that really came out wrong. Like, yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, it makes a family. Family. Yes. Right? It does make a family. That's true. That's this is right. a good start. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, today we didn't want to talk about family making. We wanted to talk uh, to you. Dang it. it, it Man, my notes are way wrong. <laughs> it really doesn't matter when we air this episode because there will probably be a superhero movie coming out. Exactly. Well, well, basically, this will be right between Civil War and X-Men Apocalypse. I mean, really... Every month we have a superhero movie this year. It's crazy. It, I mean, super popular superhero. Deadpool in February. Right. March was Batman v Superman. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, come on. Yeah, of course, we have the show on it. And, and I do want to get your thoughts on that, but we'll okay. probably wait for part two. Yes, because last time we talked to Dr. Matt, we had so much fun that it was our longest episode ever. I think it clocked in at 16 hours. 
Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was. It was. No, uh, we it, had to take work off and cancel a bunch of patients. We right? had a yeah. big debate on whether to air it as a two-parter or one big chunk, and it was kind of a stressful thing. So we decided <laughs> this time we're just going to go in and call this a two-parter. Okay, that that makes it more therapy. Which will be funny when it's like forty-three people, minutes yeah. long. <laughs> He's and like, yeah, check, check, check. You're all crazy, and go home. That's five thousand dollars. There you go. That's exactly how much I charge for forty-three minutes. Too. <laughs> but you basically just tap on your wall yeah, for forty-three minutes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tell me about your mother. <laughs> no superhero movies. Actually, we were chatting a little bit before we started, um, and I don't know. Does that surprise you guys that at the university practice, I do see a lot of teenagers and kind of coming of age people, and we use that we talk about superheroes in therapy a lot. Like actually, um, I know a lot about Just superheroes. Like chewing and talk- the fat or like, does it actually relate to psychology? No, it, it very much relates to psychology. Um, superheroes are kind of uh, simplified archetypes of human nature in many ways. And so people will relate to different superheroes for different reasons at different times in their life. Um, so if I relate to Aquaman, what does that say about me? Uh, <laughs> what do you? No, no, no. Hold on there. I was going to relate that back to the sex part where we start with. But I decided not to because it's family friendly. <laughs> family friendly. Yeah, yeah. We'll just infer. Yeah. But I mean, you know, different superheroes kind of, like you mentioned, like we have very different superhero movies coming out. So right. Deadpool versus Captain America. Mm-hmm. They're very different but they still have the superhero nature. Some people relate to one versus the other. Adolescents and younger kids love Spider-Man because he's a teenager and he's kind of a smart aleck. Um, I think boys really like the Hulk because the Hulk is actually a metaphor for a male anger. Right. right. That makes total sense. Yeah. And, yeah. and you've actually gone into, which I'm hoping we will later, about the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde sort of reference mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the Hulk. Which we kind of yeah. talked about on the Halloween show, actually. Yes. Because we really couldn't help ourselves but talk about talk superheroes. About yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but we know. did, we, we compiled a list of questions here. We're just going to go through yes. some of these and see Do where it. the conversation goes. Well, kind of starting off, like you were saying that you, you talk to youth now and you help them out and you relate to superheroes. Definitely. Was it the same thing 10 years ago? Like... Did you kind of do that as well? In my office, it has been. Okay. Yeah. No, um, uh, I think that superheroes, because of the popularity of, well, let's let's just face it. Marvel has figured out how to do superhero movies the right way. Uh It's not that we haven't had... That's fine. No, I'll... I'll agree. They have a formula. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, they're engaging, they're integrated, they relate instead of these kind of isolated superhero movies that are sometimes a hit, sometimes a miss, Mm -hmm. right? And you'd have franchises that started off great. Um, Tim Burton's Batman, I thought, for what it was at the time, started off great. And then we got Nipple Suit Batman somewhere down the line with Clooney. And so, like, it just falls apart without a plan. And I think that has spread. Everybody knows superheroes now, but you'll still find... Not too many people know superheroes because they don't read the comics. And I don't mind doing a little self-disclosure. As a kid, I was a fairly slow reader. I didn't have a problem reading. Uh, My dad trained me to read at the same time he trained our dog to open the door. We both got (laughs) M&Ms. I would read, the dog would open the door, and there's there's some video of me getting an M&M and the dog getting an M&M. A little bit of Pavlov. Did you ever trade off and have him uh, open the door and the dog read? No, I still don't know how to open the door. (laughs) That's the problem. (laughs) Uh, But I was kind of a slow reader, and uh, I would go down the street, and I would sit uh, at this this, uh, garage that was converted into a liquor store and also had comic books. So it was a good upbringing there in Orange County. Right. And I would read. 
read comic books. I was engaged. I could sit and read and read and read because of what comic books do. And I always was a little embarrassed of that. And as I got into graduate school, believe it or not, I was still kind of hiding comic books. Even my wife was kind of like, when's he going to get over reading comic books? And I started to realize that there's a lot of research out out there Mm -hmm. that shows because of the compelling stories and the artwork that you have an increased uh, reading ability. So I now obviously have read a lot of books in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, but you, didn't, you didn't get your degree by reading comic books? Um, well, About psychology? No. That would be The great, Watchmen, you, you might get a degree after yeah. reading The Watchmen. Rorschach, right? Yeah. He's oh, a yeah. psychotic Where's uh, my face? <laughs> but um, yeah, so I've always felt like, and I've had a big interest in Jungian psychology and archetypes and therefore mythology. Uh, excuse me? And Star Wars what? and all of those things. Y- Jungian? Yeah. Jungian, Carl Jung. Guy Carl Jung, but yeah. what does that mean? What did he... Oh, why, so why close this thing. <laughs> well, I was like, do you know Joel? I believe it. Isn't that development? Well, no, not necessarily. Yes. But I mean, Dang there I'm is development know. in there. Uh, <laughs> he was a psychoanalyst who talked about the collective unconscious and how all human pe- beings oh, have a collective nature that's why. that we express Don't even artistic expression. And one of the main th- ways we do that is mythology. So right. if you look at a mythology story, you have these archetypal characters like Gandalf is the wise old man who guides the hero Bilbo through his adventure. He's called on an adventure. And that's exactly you know the pattern that George Lucas followed to, to do the original Star Wars trilogy. Right. And he um, learned Harry that Potter. from Joseph Campbell and others who were these mythology professors and t- yeah. talking about the hero's journey. Well, superheroes for a long time were kind of maligned by folks that were into mythology and human development. And the reason we love these archetypal characters is we are them. We're projecting them. So whether it's the Odyssey from you know thousands of years ago or it's right. it's uh, Star Wars or it's a superhero, we are projecting some of our human needs. You, my friend, are the hero Thank in you. your own life. Oh, and that's why just, you just are for on your hero's <laughs> journey. You, you know, we're young, we're naive, we get called out into our adult life and we go through ups and downs. Mm-hmm. And through that, we rely on people to help us and guide us. But we come out the other end bigger, stronger and capable, you know. But I feel like something changed there because mythology, and basically from what I remember, it's a lot of caution. It's basically a word of warning in many ways. There are those types of mythology stories. That's true. But the hero's journey in mythology is kind of a subplot of mythology. So Jason and the Argonauts or maybe Hercules' journey. But how do I I love my life as a hero's journey and not a Greek tragedy? Well, good question. You know, I guess it depends on if you live on the east side or the west side. I don't know. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, a Greek tragedy has has that too. Some some mythology stories are very much cautionary tales, mm-hmm. but I think the ones that have evolved into our mythology lexicon in the United States now. So modern mythologies, even things like Star Wars, Harry Potter, then the the Lord of the Rings even is a more modern mythology, right? And uh, we relate to those. Superheroes are are kind of, uh, I hate to say dumbed down, I would say maybe simplified versions of the characters in more complex mythologies. Makes sense. And right. so at f- for a long time, they were kind of maligned and, and people didn't give them much literary credit. But the truth, and that would be because some were very wooden and unidimensional. Right. Superman. Okay, Superman's kind of a Christ figure. Right. He's perfect. He's going to say he always does the right thing. Great but hair, great abs. It, exactly, all that stuff. He's got, you can't Joel's touch just into him. looks. <laughs> he has one little flaw, but, you know, he ends up getting around the kryptonite thing in most stories, right? And mm-hmm. But even superheroes are becoming more complex, I think, to fit our modern world 
i.e. The, the tremendous success of Deadpool. Yes. Or even how uh, Spider-Man is characterized now. A uh, lot more complex, a lot more kind of angst in well, his adolescence. But that brings up a good point because you mentioned these stories have been around centuries. The, the themes the, have, The hero's yeah, journey, sure, yeah. yeah. So why now? Why are we getting so many comic books now? Or so, comic, excuse me, comic book movies now. Comic book movies. Well, comic books in general are are... are are receiving kind of a renewed popularity with a lot more complexity in the characters because I think human beings nowadays in our modern society, we don't have as many outlets to kind of work through things. So we use entertainment as a major form of working out our own personal angst. Right. I don't know what you're talking about. That's not what this podcast is based off of. <laughs> not at all, right? No. no. Not at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, my favorite, I think, I think... It's hard to say this, but my favorite superhero, and I will defend that he is a superhero, is Hellboy. Hellboy has been heck, without heck a doubt. Boy on this show. Right? <laughs> did I ever tell? Did we ever talk about the whole the whole story I wrote about Heck Boy and he went to <laughs> you B- don't have to he say Heck Boy. He went to BYU. Yeah. And did I ever tell you that? Anyway, I, I think I remember that. You can so, refresh our memory. So, nah, it's not worth it. it was It was terrible. Um, no, everyone's but, waiting now. But Hellboy <laughs> is, is is complex in the fact that he's a demon, but he's been trained to do the right thing, and he's caught between these two worlds. And I think people. Myself included, most people, we feel caught between two worlds a lot of the time. We love characters that have, you know, that they're, they struggle between the light side and the dark side and all sure, of that. Sure, the light side. Yeah. Is there something to be said where heroes are basically the exception? They are the super exception, if you will, because there are many people here on Earth that have disabilities and whatnot, or they're right. lacking in something. Why can't we have humans that have more of something? It sounds you know, like, like a plot of an M. Night Shyamalan movie. Or <laughs> Heroes, for example. Well, or well, well, what is that M. Night Shyamalan movie? Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Yeah, yeah. You know, so is there something to that as well? That people can be something more? That someone can oh, have an yeah. extra ability? No, no, absolutely, yeah. Part of what we project is we, we realize that, I think most people realize it, when you put it in this context, that our own life is kind of like the hero's journey cycle. And that's mm-hmm. one re- reason re- we relate to those. Um, I think at a time in my life when I was younger and I was kind of uh, felt a little bit lost, definitely Obi-Wan Kenobi, old Obi-Wan Kenobi was my favorite character in Star Wars. And mm-hmm. I look back on that, I'm like, well, that's weird. I was kind of a young kid. It is a little weird. Yeah. You, why wouldn't Luke or whatever? Just and it was because I was fan. looking for guidance. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. And um, we want to be more. We kind of, we, we fantasize. Everyone fantasizes about being the best version of yourself, having a superhero, a uh, super quality. I have a cousin who he and I are the same age. We're two weeks apart. He is an opera singer and he lives in Germany. The guy's amazing. He has this voice that is just like bring the roof down. And I've always thought, man, wouldn't it be great to have something like that? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you talk to my cousin, uh, Philip, and he would say, well, that's all I got, dude. Like if I couldn't sing, I, I have no skills. <laughs> so, but I mean, he has this one amazing skill. And I think all of us kind of fantasize when we're younger. And then unfortunately, we get into adult life where we do the business of life, the paying the bills, the taking jobs you don't really love all the time. Working long hours. I'm so super need, mortgage man. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and so you need these escapes. You need outlets. And because we live in a very over-controlled society, I think, to answer your question from a few minutes ago, that's one of the reasons that um, superhero movies are are so popular because now they're very accessible. A lot of people don't think to sit down and read a comic book, but I do because I kind of grew up doing that. Right. Well, you're kind of a hipster. Yeah, well, I'm a hipster, doofus kind of guy. But no, <laughs> I but didn't I see mean, the second part. <laughs> I, I've always been, uh, I've always loved comic books. Mm-hmm. 
And now that I have research to back up that it's okay, then, you know, my wife is like, how many more comic books are you buying? Um, it's but, studying, dear. See, yeah. I buy graphic novels because, you know, I, I got to make it sound a little more adult. you're not a hipster doofus, <laughs> right? I am. Yeah. I am there indeed. are a lot of great, like, well, my son who has, uh, he has Tourette's mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's fairly mild, thank goodness, but he, he has a, a lot of facial tics. And so he's always had a hard time learning to read. But guess what? Um, we will find some of the great... Uh, novels that have been turned into graphic novels. Uh, I think the first one I got for him was The Hobbit. And there are a couple versions of The Hobbit that are just beautiful. They're mm-hmm. amazing. Hmm. And they have most of the original text, and they're just fantastic. And here's my son who struggles reading a whole book but can sit and read that, and he can tell you everything about The Hobbit. That's great. I mean, these are these are amazing. Uh, John Carter of Mars, there's a there's a graphic novel uh, based on that, which is it's Probably amazing. much better than the movie. Well, oh, for yeah, sure. for sure. But <laughs> it's a great book, but if you can't make it through all that text, you can read this graphic novel and still get everything out of it. So with, with the advent of or with, with the um, continuation of popularity, then there are more and more novels being turned into graphic novels. There's a lot of benefit to it. But I think a lot of us sit in our offices, we sit in our cubicles, we want to live this Viking life, but we know we got to drive our Prius home and pay the mortgage. <laughs> and so going out and watching freaking Batman stab somebody in the latest movie people kind of, we, we live vicariously through a lot of that. Right. I mean, it just seems weird though, because I mean, back in, I don't know, fifties and sixties, it was Westerns and Mm -hmm. eighties has like quirky comedies and nineties is like romantic comedies. And Uh now we're in this superhero era, Um, like phase, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, it seems weird that now, like with fashion, well, I think that, I don't know. I mean, that's a great question. I don't know that I fully have the answer for it, but I do think that in many ways, as our society kind of trudges along, more and more of us are working in jobs and spending our life in very controlled, calm environments. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, men especially need some good outlets. Um, if you look at the if you look at the Western serials from from the fifties and sixties, mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of difference qualitatively between you know the Lone Ranger and a superhero. Right. Right. I mean, the, the idea is the same, but that was what was the popular context at the time. Yeah. And, and I would then love they took to that s- movie and ruined it. Yeah, show unfortunately, it, that was, Depp, could have been you. so much better. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Kind of like Zorro was Batman, like you said a few weeks ago. Yeah, I did. I did say Zorro was Batman. It's yeah. that millionaire playboy by day, vigilante by night. Right. No, but so I, it's I, a fantasy. Of, I have to say, like, if I see the right comic book movie, this used to happen more maybe 10 years ago when uh-huh. I had more of a child inside. <laughs> but, uh, if you know, as soon as the credits roll, there are some times where I'm like, "Yeah, someday I'm going to find my superpower," or I feel like I could just web sl- web sl- swing out oh, of I here. You know, I love yeah. when, I love when a movie can make me feel like a hero. Yeah, like I had some part in it. Well, it's inspiring, right? And and that's exactly it. I feel like I have some part of it. it means you projected some important personal things into that movie. Right. Whatever you were dealing with, whatever you were struggling with, you're able to work it out a little bit yep. while Spawn you watch that movie. Spawn helped me work it out. Spawn. <laughs> Interesting. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm worried. to add a second hour. <laughs> Just for Joel. But there are, I mean, there were so, uh, superhero movies were done so poorly initially. Like, you think about that. I mean, yes, there was the 1979, uh, 78, 79 Superman? 77. One of those? 77. <laughs> 77. I remember it well. Uh, the 1989 Batman uh, also. Right. But then you have like the Punisher and Spawn and just all those ones where they just, they could not get it right. And I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that they're finally hitting on all cylinders now to some, Kent, because you don't like Marvel as much. Right. But do you think like social media or the internet has played a part in making, basically, 
I would say 75% of superhero movies that come out now are very, very good. You know, and, and the bad ones like Fantastic Four are still, you know, these flukes still happen. But I would say yeah. they're better now than they've ever been, where it used to be like one for four was good. Like we'd get a good Spider-Man movie, then Daredevil would come out. And then Ghost Rider, you know, <laughs> right. stuff like that. Ghost Rider, word. Yeah, well, that maybe should have never been made into a movie anyway. <laughs> right. but I don't know. Well, he, I think social he's media He's a demon a who is trained to do right and is trapped between two worlds. And he pees fire? Well, well, that was cool. <laughs> I'll have to admit that. I take it back. Sorry, Nick Cage. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, I guess in some way the medium catches up with it. So what Carl Jung would have said about all of this, or maybe Joseph Campbell. Kinseth. Oh, Campbell, clearly. Yeah. Joseph, Joseph Campbell. Uh, if you bad. haven't read The Hero Good. with a Thousand Faces, the, the, the original text on The Hero's Journey, you ought to get a copy. So that's but, a recommendation from you. Absolutely. What was it called? The uh, Hero with a Thousand Faces by Joseph Campbell. It huh. is the original kind of hero's journey text that made a huge impact on George Lucas Did, when he was in college. Was Joseph Campbell the same one who wrote Who Goes There? Uh, the short story that uh, the thing was based on? Is no, it the same one? Mm-hmm. No. Joseph Campbell was a mythologist and a professor. Mm-hmm. You and didn't know this? If, <laughs> you stop. <laughs> Actually, you stop over for, there. Okay, for your, for your listeners, um, go to, after you've uh, several times listened to, to these podcasts, um, then you should <laughs> go to do. YouTube. You can uh, text in Joseph uh, Campbell, Joseph Campbell, and he, with Bill Moyers, did interviews at Skywalker Ranch on... The Hero's Journey back before Joseph Campbell died in the 80s. Hmm. And so they they're at they actually recorded them at Skywalker Ranch, and, and huh. Bill Moyers was the interviewer, uh, which everybody, PBS fans would know. Are there such a thing as PBS fans? I realize I said PBS that. PBS donors, I think is what they're called, yeah. Yeah, like... like uh, if you want to continue <laughs> watching <laughs> Les Miserables, <laughs> $20 now. Oh, yeah. John W. Campbell Jr. wrote Who Goes There, not Joseph Campbell. Okay. My bad. Well, that was a good get, though. But I recommend, I recommend Who Goes There, because the short story is actually very good. It's what okay, I have and all that. No, yeah, very good stuff. Very Thanks, good. Joel. You're welcome. That's um, why I'm here. <laughs> that's good. I thought, of course, you were you were te- you were like searching my recommendation, but you were searching your own recommendation. <laughs> well, I, just, I was like, I was like, <laughs> I, I know that name. That. <laughs> yeah. So I'm so important. I'd, I'd like, like to. I'd like to meet you to meet Joel. <laughs> well, kids over here like Carl Jung. We're referencing Inception. Therefore, I'm happy. <laughs> Collective unconsciousness. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> That's what's going on over here. Woo-hoo. Yeah, uh, exactly. and I know I learned all these terms in uh, in school, and some of them stuck, but some of them just bounced right off of me. And so I know the names. I, yeah, I wouldn't expect people to know them. Well, it's funny. I, I, I took a psychology class in high oh, school. That's why. No, I don't remember anything from it, but I wish that I more likened, if you will, superheroes to what I was learning because I would have cared a whole lot more. Yeah. No, absolutely. Because like daydreaming in class, I could have been like, oh yeah, but I mean. That's such a Batman thing right there, you know? <laughs> You're such a Samantha. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Now, the question is, though, you like superheroes. You're probably enjoying the most of the superhero movies that come out. For the most part. But are you even getting tired of how many superhero movies are happening? Do you think they're killing originality? That'll happen, of course. I mean, it's Hollywood. I think that they'll, they'll overdo it. I am still enjoying the fact. I like the new take on, on um, the tie-in. Right and how the, you like can, the, the shared universe, shared universe. Yeah, yeah, that's a better term. I, I do like that because that's how we read comic books, and so I think one of the reasons that it's popular 
Yeah, without even the audience realizing, if you, if people who love superhero movies but don't read superhero comics or any sort of comics, mm-hmm. they don't understand the shared universe concept, and that's one of those of us that read comics, we get it, and right. so we like to see that shared. Somebody pops in from here, and you you see the cross over in these in the universe, and I think that's one of the reasons that these series now of movies are are popular because it makes connections in your brain. You're looking for things. See, I feel personally it kind of cheapens it because okay. a movie, if it were a TV show, I think it would work because you have a, a you know longer form to tell a story. Like on The Flash and the Arrow. Right. The little crossover you're okay with. Yeah, no, that, that works for me. Yeah. Whereas in movies, you have two hours and they're yeah. basically saying, here's an Easter egg, Easter egg, Easter egg. Like, I wish a movie mm-hmm. could just be strong on its own without saying... Yeah. Here's what's coming soon, maybe. James right. Bond will return in. Yeah. I mean, I, I do well, love the, no, the, the collaboration, I, yeah. but I do think it tends to cheapen a lot of movies. Um, I think eventually they will overdo it like Hollywood always does. I mean, Holly, I mean, Disney's going to absolutely kill Star Wars, right? Like, <laughs> I didn't say it. I did not say that, everyone. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, on the one hand, <laughs> I, think, I think Disney is the only good vehicle to take it over. On the other hand, holy crap, you can buy like... Star Wars toothpicks, like they're mm-hmm. it, they're just killing the crap out of it. They actually have a, a cross hilt on the <laughs> toothpicks. I bet they do, <laughs> right? Yeah, like, yeah, and you push him. <laughs> That'd be I'm awesome. My teeth. I would buy that. Um, yeah, I probably <laughs> you would. would. Uh, but you know, I mean, that that will happen, and then it'll die down a little bit. But the but the real the story, I think the the underlying reason that these things are so popular really has to do with the fact that these are stories about archetypes, meaning kind of. Uh, simplified human nature in a character that we relate to. We need them. People still read the Odyssey and the Iliad, and it's not because it's easy to read. It's because their teachers make them. It's because they are getting (laughs) tested on it, right? Yeah. No, but I mean, you know what I mean? Like, like we. This is a human thing. It's a projection of of what we need. But that brings up a point, though, because I mean, like the Western trend ended, and the romantic. Who makes romantic comedies anymore? Gary Marshall. (laughs) <laughs> but they're not the same. Matthew McConaughey is not in all of them anymore. No, He's Kate the, Hudson still is. Kate though. Hudson still is. Yes. Yeah, thank but goodness. The, but the question is, do you see an end to this? Do you see people growing tired of this arch- of these archetypes? Yes and no. Like the way they're portrayed in Hollywood, they'll, they'll kind of burn it out, I think, meaning they'll become no longer will it feel original. Okay. And then the, the popularity on that media slash financial level will die down. But... People will always consume these characters, whether it is uh, Jason and the Argonauts, it's the Lone Ranger, it's um, you know a superhero. Mm-hmm. We, that it's the it's the underlying theme of of the character that we relate to. So it'll pop up again in some other medium. Does that make sense? See, yeah. I I find it interesting that uh, comic books are not is uh, they're a fraction as popular as the movies that come out and. Yeah. Yes. You know, there's yes. there's canon, and there the I mean, geeks were like the purple how- guy in the credits was Thanos. Mm. What? Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah, for Avengers one. <laughs> but at the same time, like video game movies, you they're not good. A no. and, and you don't see them. But there, it's a billion dollar industry. And right. I'm always like, is that the next trend, or why don't we see more video game movies? It maybe it's that they don't have the relatable archetypes like well, the right story, off the bat. I mean, the stories in video... So video games are another phenomenon where... In fact, this could be teasing another episode. Yeah, we could right. definitely, because I talk about video games with people every day. Right. And the fact of the matter is the video games, even though I don't have the love for them in the same way that the kids do nowadays or many adults, but the reason that video games are becoming a billion-dollar industry and so popular is because they're 
blending story yeah. with the new technology, the medium, and now mm-hmm. you can interact. Or you're just, just Minecrafting. I mean, that's a different type of that thing. No that's story. a creative. That's a creative outlet. No story. Terrible graphics. Billion dollar industry. Of course. Well, it's like what it's like heck? digital Legos, basically. Yeah. I mean, you know, right? Digital be- Legos would make a great band name. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, we could, trademarked. Yeah, get us <laughs> we'd some we'd spell Flocker Seagulls haircuts, and it'd be sweet. <laughs> but I think that video games are probably the next uh, the next thing that will continue to grow. Uh, the story. So story is moving from one medium to another, but story. You know, mythology, archetypes, it is what humans project. That's my point. And there are different outlets for it. In the old days, the only outlet was a book. Right. And now we have lots of different outlets. So it it sounds like it's all coming down to escapism, whether big or small, whether it's a Western, like old school escapism Uh or new action packed, a lot of money on the screen. So escapism is definitely, can be definitely part of it. But if that's all it was, that would just be kind of like, I know, fluff. So we all need to escape sometimes, and you can do that with lots of different kinds of movies. Uh, That's why movies like, uh, what's his name, That the Bay, who makes the Michael Bay, Michael Bay, Bay, just movies blow up, stuff blows up, and people look sexy. So like that's just escapism, (laughs) basically. That's the tagline for his next movie. (laughs) Things blow up, people (laughs) look sexy. (laughs) Michael Bay. June 1st. And it would Um, make a billion dollars. It it probably would. Um, but I think that's that's just fluff. I think what we're talking about here is, and there's a lot of fluff in superhero movies, don't get me wrong, but the fact of the matter is people are relating at a deeper unconscious level to the basic aspect of the character, if it's quality, if it's good. That's why something like a movie like Star Wars, you know what's going to happen because it's a mythology. Right. But you you so badly connect and yearn to connect with some of the characters depending on what you're going through. When I was a little kid and we moved huh. from Southern California to, to Morgan, Utah, we moved from Orange County mm-hmm. to Morgan, Utah. If you don't know where that Booming is, then, metropolis. then that should emphasize in your mind the clash. I remember being really into Darth Vader. What? You I were? was you really into Sith? Darth Vader. Were I you killing that. small animals at the same time? No. Darth. What is Darth Vader? He's big. He's dark. He's powerful. Right. This is before we knew he was an old guy yeah. who was going to die. Just intimidating in every way. Exactly. And that was a projection of mine as a kid. I remember, um, I don't mind saying that uh, there was a girl named Sharla who wouldn't stop talking in class. I remember thinking, putting my fingers out like this, <laughs> and I was like, I could, I, if I believe hard enough. I can I can choke her out. So, <laughs> and, and and I don't. I was I was way too old to be thinking that. But I Doctor Matt, are we going to have to put you on the couch here? Um, <laughs> that's okay. Just you can get me a prescription. I'll go to bed. Um, but no. But I mean, my my point is that that was a time when I was kind of struggling emotionally as a kid, and I moved to this cowboy hick town, and I, I got beat up for wearing Vans. Wow, Vans. Right, uh, and I remember thinking, "You got a belt buckle on. Why are you mad?" Like, <laughs> like, but you know, like it was just this clash of worlds, and so I needed something, I think, to make myself feel powerful. I, I used to sit in class and just try to. There was a show where uh, I think out of this world, where the girl put her fingers together yeah. and would oh, freeze yeah. time. Or would and you I, like to? I used to. I used to do the same thing. I used to concentrate and go. I can do it. Here we go. Oh, I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've yeah. I've uh, changed uh, traffic light because I've used the force. Oh well, that works. Now, yeah. okay, so Dr. Matt, if I may bring some personal issue in here. Okay. Uh, I'm on the couch, and you're billing us anyway. Sure. More than force choking? More than, well, <laughs> okay. So uh, my son, he's uh, six years old, uh-huh. and uh, he, he went to build a bear, and he chose a Darth Vader bear, and he chose like the Sith, or the, the what's the Empire music? 
March of yeah, Imperial March. Imperial March. Imperial March, March yeah. of the he Penguins. Chose, he chose it to March do that the... when he pressed the button and yeah, yeah. red lightsaber and he identified he started kind of identifying with the Sith. And I honestly went, No, son, we're a Jedi family. Like, why are you doing <laughs> this to me? That you just pushed him right into Sith territory. I, well, I, did, I didn't that. say that to him. I, I never come out and say that to him. It was more of a oh, why why'd you pick Darth Vader? So bud? you were sincerely worried. Well, about it's more this. like, you know, there's there's a certain type of people that tend to for for example, if I play a Star Wars game, I will be a Sith every day. And is you don't want him to be Kenny it's D, basically, right? Certain type right? Of people like that, yeah. Or like right. you know when they're playing you Warcraft, going and, down the Kenny D route, and you're just <laughs> yeah. Like, when they're oh, playing no. Warcraft and they choose the orcs, or Starcraft and they choose the Zerg, I'm like, you're, you're choosing the bad side here. Right. So, so how should, old is should he I be six? worried? He's six. Should yeah, I be you're worried? really screwed, man. Seriously, <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to soften it, but um, going to become a psychologist. Yeah, no, yeah. you know, I, you know, you've seen the with the mask they put on. Yeah, uh, yeah, Hannibal yeah. Lecter. Lecter's mask. Um, no, <laughs> it's totally normal. He's six years old. He's a little boy. Right. He's tra- he's he's entering a developmental stage of striving for competency, trying to trying, trying to be powerful and strong at that age. Right. Not be like a, just a generic little kid, but to be a boy. And what is a what is Darth Vader? What is he or or a Sith? Part they're, man, they're, part robot, all cop. Yeah, <laughs> I think you mix that up. But oh. <laughs> um, they're powerful. They're strong. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a projection. Um, he may go through other times in his life where he wants to be Luke Skywalker or, you know, you hope, uh, I hope be one. Well, or not Luke, maybe, maybe Ray. return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. Maybe return of the Jedi Luke, but not, not new hope. Luke. Not new I, hope I don't Luke. want my kids to ever be. Yeah. He's not Anakin. Power converters. Yeah. No, but station. I mean, I think that that's, yeah, it's very, very normal. I've had this conversation recently with a mom about a boy that comes and sees me and he's one of the younger patients that I work with, but she, they wouldn't let him last fall. Um, until I intervened, be Darth Vader for uh, Halloween. Oh, because they they were like they thought it was a gateway or something. <laughs> it was a gateway to the dark <laughs> it's side. Um, Fear leads to anger. They, okay. anger leads to hate. He's their only child, and they thought you know there must be something wrong with him. We had this very similar conversation, and he um, just had a phase in life where he wanted to feel strong and powerful and put on the mask and be somebody else that can be in charge and controlling. And, and I don't think that there's any indication that that's anything but a healthy working through. Well, well kind of going back to our last show, I, I was like, uh, everyone wants to be the horror creature. Everyone wants to be the serial killer. They want to be Jason. I was Freddy Krueger like three years in a row. <laughs> right. And my mom <laughs> well, didn't. Not even for Halloween. That's just because you like sweaters, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Striped sweaters. But I would go make the glove. I'd get popsicle sticks and like shave them on the side, on the curb and make them really sharp. I think we talked about how that was psychotic, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, I, I was, I kind of look back and I'm like, I wonder if what my mom, like if she's seen Nightmare on Elm Street and what Freddy Krueger actually does to people, right. if she'd worry about her kid being like, I'm Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Mom, draw on my face. Well, here's another thing that parents lose touch with and maybe never really understood because we were kids when, when we last went through that. And that is that for the most part, kids really do understand the difference between fantasy and reality. Right. Okay. Hmm. Especially when it comes to things. So you can play f- you, you do fantasy play as a child as a normal way of expressing yourself and working things through. Mm-hmm. That's why kids put on you know capes and play superheroes and lightsabers and all these things. It's a it's an emotional experience. It's a way of feeling strong and powerful and uh, collaborating and overcoming. And there are all these really human nature things that because they are children and they don't have the abstract logical reasoning to try to find other adult ways of feeling powerful and in control in life, they work it through play. Hmm. And I think sometimes as adults, we still need that play. 
And well, we do it maybe by going to a movie. That's what I was going to ask, though. Is this is this rash of uh, superhero movies and comic book resurgence and things like that, mm-hmm. does that show or does that indicate that there's a... A juvenilization is that a word of uh, of um, of adults or well I, I mean that's a good question I mean I think that we do see a trend now uh, where being an adolescent or having adolescent behaviors is much more tolerated in the adult world um, you can be 15 till you're about 30 failure to launch sorts of things <laughs> right in our culture which has an unhealthy did you just side effect. reference a Sarah Jessica Parker movie I did yes wow. with uh, Matthew, Matthew McConaughey all right all right all right <laughs> double pow. Um, but, um, yeah, no, I mean, failure to launch is also a term, you know? So. Well, yeah, it's, it's a uh, term in oh, psychology. Stop well, that. Um, Actually, I was just after the naked room. <laughs> 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 Me and Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> well, I mean, like comic conventions are very, very popular. Yeah. And well, people- cosplay. Yeah, cosplay, cosplay exactly. is an example Huge. of people often feel they need an outlet and now there's a socially acceptable way to do it. I remember it's been a while, 2007 was the 30-year anniversary of A New Hope. And so kind of last minute, I decided uh, to heck with it. And I threw the kids in the minivan, and we drove down to L.A., and we went to the Star Wars convention. It was fantastic, and we were running around doing nerdy stuff. And, Did uh, you dress there, up? Uh, I didn't. The kids had uh, lightsabers, and, and we, we really hadn't planned ahead. I mean, you know, I hadn't had time to sew my Jedi robe. He's like, I just had my Han Solo vest. And, so, right, sew your you Jedi know. robe or get it out of the dryer? <laughs> no, you have to create your own, man. Come on. Um, <laughs> and there was a group of Jedi, and we were there getting our pic- you know, taking pictures with the kids of the Jedi. It's a very attractive Ayla Sakura. And I was looking at Wait, attractive her, what? Uh, isn't Ayla Sakura is the blue Jedi girl with the the head I, thing that comes down? I don't down. know. Yep. Yeah. I, oh, I you believe stop I'm that. You don't know either. <laughs> anyway, you don't know either. I'm I was look, checking out her skin. I'm looking that up along with the population Still a of Morgan, family Utah. Show, right? <laughs> it's a. Uh, I was checking out her skin because it was so <laughs> That's a nice way uh, so blue. Oh, you're totally right. No, Ayla Sakura, right there. Remember when he <laughs> tried to force choke people why, and then he checked out people's skin? Me? Oh, and Morgan, Utah has a population of three thousand six hundred eighty-seven. Which is about double for what I used to live there as yeah, a kid. Right. Um, but she had actually dyed her skin. I was. I said. I said. I know this is creepy and weird. But did you spray paint your skin? It looks so real. And uh, she said no. I laid. She she laid in a pool, uh, a bathtub full of blue dye. Oh my god! And she dyed her skin that way. And she said she actually went and got permission from her boss because she said it'll probably be there for about a month. Um, wow. And she had looked up how to do it on the internet, of course, because that's where you learn stuff. And it was impressive. But I remember thinking, wow, that's dedication to right. your cosplay, right? Yeah. And I think for some people, they need it more than others. But everybody has their outlets. Every adult who's healthy has an outlet. I have a neighbor who's a little too much into dirt bikes, okay? The guy knows dirt bikes kind of like I know Star Wars. And <laughs> and it's... it's uh, but that's okay. It's a healthy thing. I mean, yeah. unless you crash, I guess. And some people, it's sports. Other people, like you said, it's sports. Star Wars. Uh, this is sports have forever been a male accepted way in our society. Oh, he's really into sports. And everybody's like, oh, ho, ho, ho. You know, it's fine. <laughs> but, now, but now comic books are very much uh, right there mainstream. You see the yeah. guys who, were, who used to always wear their football T-shirts. Now they're wearing a Deadpool T-shirt. Yeah. It's kind of insane how it's turned out that way too, right? And and I do think it'll it'll um, it'll oversaturate a, a particular market, but and so it'll kind of die down, and the movies will get worse eventually, and and that you know they'll lose audience to to a large degree. But 
And this type of formula, it'll probably come around to where nobody wants the crossover movies anymore. They just want the really cool independent movies, right? But I think that the story, the archetype, what we connect to in the characters, that mythology or mythology light, as they often call superhero movies, that will remain. And I think comic books will stay and the real comic book fans will keep reading, but it'll maybe shift into another medium. It was Westerns in the 50s and 60s. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But yeah. it, just, it just feels like it's gone on so long, like 15 years plus, if you include like Tim Burton's Batman 89. Well, those yeah. were pretty sparse back then. I yeah. mean, if we're talking Superman and Batman. Yeah, but and I guess Spider-Man was really kind of the, the initial I would say X-Men boom. and Spider-Man. Yeah, X-Men. Yeah, yeah. 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 2000, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of crazy to me that it's still going, and I'm like, I don't see an end in sight, especially when you look at like... Uh, the plans from Marvel or DC is like, we've already planned out to 2045. It it gives me a headache just thinking about six years in the future that we're going to get four of these movies a year. Oh, well, most of these companies have at least a hundred year plan. I don't know if you know that. No way. Yeah, they do. Sure. There's no way. Sony has a 200 year plan for their company. How is that possible? Well, it gets, it gets pretty thin after a while, but (laughs) but like, you know, I'm not surprised at all. Wow. Yeah. But I think maybe one of the reasons that this trend <laughs> is, is uh, two hours is pretty good. Um, <laughs> the, one of the reasons is, again, because there's so much you can do with the different characters. There's so many different ways you can take it. And there are no limits. There are a lot of limits in a Western. Right. Right? Like like Tonto flying or something or shooting laser beams out of his eyes would have been a little too I think much. that was in the new movie. It actually. was. <laughs> I mean, that would, yeah. Right. I shouldn't Dream use sequence. him as an example. Yeah. yeah. So I think that... Um, I think that there's a lot you can do. So maybe maybe the trend will last longer, but I think the idea of connecting to story mm-hmm. and characters um, really fits well with superheroes, and superheroes fits well with our modern technology. We love to use digital, you know, CGI and all that. So we can do so many things with it. it mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I really think that's a big part of why superhero movies have caught on mm-hmm. is because they can do it. Whereas back in the day, they tried to do these special effects and it would look hokey and, you know, well, claymation. You Tim Burton's Batman. I know it, it, Tim Burton is stylized. He has a certain style. So it was right. very comic booky, but it was very basic. There wasn't, there wasn't much in the way of special effects. No. But now you can have uh, anything. Yeah. yeah, literally anything. Yeah. It's it's bizarre to think about that, too, that anything we can imagine we can now put on film for a large sum of money, but we can put it on well, film. Well, I even Definitely. think, you know, in the near future, they're going to, you know, basically make Star Wars movies with the actual, the original cast look pretty much just like they were. Oh, yeah. They, you they, know, back they, in the 70s and 80s. They could probably go back and do that, and then, yeah, that would annoy me, but well, they, I'm yeah, sure they can. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at Tron. It, Tron uh, don't look at Legacy. Tron. Legacy, it looked amazing. Don't. Jeff Bridges looked so realistic. No, but even like Michael Douglas and Ant-Man, he looked very, very good. They, they got yeah. pretty close on that, actually. Yeah. yeah. It's just the uncanny factor. It's like your, so your mind just does not accept it as reality, mm-hmm. and we haven't gotten past that point yet, and I think until CGI can pass that uncanny factor, mm-hmm. which... That just means that it approaches a point of reality, but it can't quite get there. And your right. mind basically says that's not real. And I, I don't think we can get, we have to get past that in CGI, like animated features before we can even get to real life features. Can, can I look into the future real quick? Please do. VR is becoming very popular. Mm-hmm. Virtual do you, reality. Do yeah. you think we're going to see VR movies, VR experiences like where you're Spider-Man? Oh, I hope so. Put on that mask. Oh, that'd be great. And you're Spider-Man. Yeah. I can do that. I can imagine for sure that'll happen. Because that would even more so, not just like watching it on a screen with 200 people in the crowd. Well, that's the future of video games, right? That's where video games are going is completely immersing and integrating you with the story. Yeah. Yeah, because you'd really become part of it. It's kind of insane to when you're playing the game. Granted, like, you know, 
I know that I, all I have to do in Batman Arkham Asylum is just jump around and punch people for the most part. Push as many buttons as you can. But I feel like I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah. And it's awesome. It's to a be great Batman. game. Actually. Yeah. So uh, I'd like to ask you a, a personal question, Dr. Matt. We've okay. talked about kind of generalities, but what are some of your favorite comics and graphic novels? Like you mentioned Hellboy before. And, was and that you, the movie or was that the graphic novel? Well, you know, I've, I've learned to lo- really like the movies, the two movies that are out, and I hope they will make this third movie that they keep talking about. But no, it's the comics. Absolutely. Mike Mignola is such a masterful storyteller. He does such an amazing job. First of all, for me and, and my friend, uh, Greg Gage, who, who owns Black Cat Comics. Um, you're welcome, Greg. Uh, he, he's a great guy. He's fun to talk to. And he knows me, though. I don't really... The artwork is the first thing that'll pull me in. So he'll recommend. He's like, oh, you, you're going to love this. And I'll look at it and I'll go, mm, no. Hmm. Mignola's art style is just... I love it. I really connect with that. But then more than that, he, he weaves real mythology tales into the, the journey of Hellboy throughout the years. And so I, uh, that's absolutely like my favorite overall and, and pretty much everything in the Mignola universe. So there's the BPRD, uh, and there's BPRD? Baltimore, uh, Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense. Is that like RSPD? Uh, Stop no. that. Stop that. <laughs> uh, I actually like that movie, but, um, <laughs> but BPRD was born out of Hellboy and Hellboy left BPRD. And so then you have the other characters, um, you know, Abe Sapien and everybody in, in that. And there's Baltimore, which is... He's a vampire hunter that's kind of in the Mignola universe. So anything that's Mike Mignola, I, I really... Did you say Baltimore or did you say Blade? Uh, <laughs> ball stop that. <laughs> <laughs> but I kind of like Blade too. But um, yeah, I mean, those are some of my absolute favorites. Um, I, to be honest, don't read a whole lot of superhero comics right now. We have... Uh, we do read at my house, so I, I get a lot of comics every month, and we, I think, read all the Star Wars ones. My kids are really into those, and I'll read them mostly. I like the new Darth Vader series. Mm-hmm. Um, the New 52, Batman, the New 52, mm-hmm. um, we, we read all of that. But from being a kid, I will say that um, absolutely the Hulk and Spider-Man were my two favorite and so, followed so up by So when you Batman, went to the liquor store and read your comic books, yeah, those no, were the ones. That's the truth. I sat on the floor of this liquor store where this lady would, would chain smoke and she's like, and I only had enough money uh, to buy now and laters and those last a while. So I'd yeah. sit there and I'd, I'd suck down the now and laters and as long as I didn't wrinkle the, the pages, in my mind she used to say like this, if you don't wrinkle the pages, you can read them. And I'm sure she didn't sound like that. But, <laughs> you know, so I'd sit there and I'd read those and, and I loved them. Absolutely loved them. I was a kid that would wake up on Saturday morning and watch Super Friends and yeah so awesome. uh, I, I collect comic book covers I have I have a bunch of Silver, silver Age uh, comic book covers that I love uh, just the covers and, uh, well I mean the comic and I, I frame the cover oh know, okay yeah, you no, really do? don't cut it off yeah, yeah. I, it's we're co- do you still have these uh, we're yeah, coming do, over to see them next time we record let's record at the house okay. and, and I'll take you downstairs and I'll show you nice yeah yeah that's right. So awesome. I mean, I, Hellboy would be the one that, for consistently for the last uh, fifteen years, mm-hmm. has been the one that I have uh, read faithfully, and and the, all the Hellboy universe stuff. Yeah. It's actually kind of interesting because I mean, we're generally, I mean, the big movies out are the big the big A list heroes, right? Right. But like you're talking about Hellboy here, you're talking about a few other indie comic books. Yeah, there are a lot more that actually go into psychology and just the study of the mind, or just more weak characters. Like they've right. actually gained a lot well, of popularity. Well, Watchmen, yes, is is a great example of the idea. There was was what would a human being 
who was a superhero actually turn out like if they had done all those things that they had to do to protect others? Right. You know, how would their minds twist and break and, mm-hmm. and what would their flawed characters be like? Let's look at that. How would they deal with a giant tentacle monster? Yeah, yeah. exactly, right? So, but like one of my favorite graphic novels is Why the Last Man. I don't know if you've ever read that I one. I haven't, I haven't. You kind of need to. It's basically the last man on earth. Mm. I love that TV series, it, <laughs> which, uh, which we've been watching at my house. It's such it. a yeah, good yeah. show, but yeah. it, it's just, what's uh, that Tandy? <laughs> <laughs> but it's just this, this guy and he is literally the only guy on earth. Okay. And there's just, there are women who are looking to kill him to do other things to him. Oh, so he's the last guy on earth, but there's, 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 there's only women. male is what you're saying. He's the only, he's the only male. Okay. Every male died except for him, and it's just this journey. Like a fantasy that turns into a nightmare. It basically, is right? basically yeah, yeah. a nightmare. I think I saw a Sliders episode about that. <laughs> Sliders reference. That's Sliders. awesome. But it really goes, and he's just a weak character. There's nothing super about it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I really like comics like that, where I get more character development than like gotta save the day, and here's my major villain, that sort of thing. Exactly. So. Tell me, why do you think you like? I mean, you explain that because Develop he's that me. Thought for Can't me. you mean analyzed? <laughs> yeah, I know. He's me. He's you. Tell me more. Oh no! Well, um, in a, when I was in eleventh grade, my mom she. Uh, <laughs> where, where are we going? No, tell me, this? like, why do you think you Cap relate? The sign. Why do you think? Yeah, yeah. We're not talking about your mom. We don't have all night. But um, tell. Why do you think that? Uh, was that, a that you relate? Burn? <laughs> yeah, I think it was burn. your mom. Um, <laughs> you're supposed to jump in with the birds. Uh, <laughs> why do you think you relate to that? Why do you really connect with that character more? I think, by the way, one of the reasons that I love Hellboy might be. You you'll be able to answer answer it right now. So go ahead. One why? of the reasons you love Hellboy. Yeah, I think it's why think you like this. Character is it that too. he could be turned to evil at any point? In fact, he was destined for evil. No, it's because he has a giant hand. That's what. <laughs> I, I no, don't no, think it's no, that. Sorry, I shouldn't should, derail you. We so should why do you like this flawed character? He doesn't have superpowers. Why do you like him? Well, kind of. He is a man surrounded by women. I had three sisters growing up. Okay. If I'm going to analyze myself, please do. Um, and I've said uh, on several other podcasts that even at work, I'm and uh, throughout the past decade or so, I've been surrounded by women, and uh-huh. basically it's me surviving and kind of charting my own path, trying to make that happen. So, I don't know. So, even though he's connected, he feels somewhat isolated. Yeah. Ooh. And he has to struggle with his own human nature to overcome the the chase that's going on in life. Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> and plus... Can't, why are you in the fetal position? What's no, happening? Here's the thing. Like, I feel... I feel like I'm a unique person, even though I'm probably a dime a dozen, but I feel like I'm pretty special. And so him being the only, the, f- the final male on the planet, right. there's something special about this guy. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it allows the reader to hyper-focus just on him. There's no yes. other competition for oh, that Oh, final character. Y, like the letter Y. Yeah, like Y chromosome. chromosome. I was thinking final Y, like super Y or something like that. And I was oh. trying to figure out what, what's going on here. He's got the power, <laughs> the power to read. Yeah. No, I think that's, I mean, I think you've just illustrated exactly why. So a fun thing to do for the listeners is, so take a minute and think about, just just back off of the idea of superheroes for a second. Just think about characters, characters in TV shows, movies, books, uh, comics, whatever, in the last year that you've really enjoyed. And then ask yourself, what about their struggle in their story is maybe similar to me? What am I getting out of enjoying that character. Mm-hmm. And so some people may go to superhero movies right now just because they're trendy and they're popular and they're 
freaking cool looking mm-hmm. and everybody's into it. It's a fun event. But I think people that really love a superhero movie are connecting with certain uh, characters. My daughter loves Black Widow. And I think that's because she goes, she has three older brothers and she goes, we are all kind of geeky nerds and we love this stuff, but she's found a strong female character that she can, she can relate to who kicks the boys butts. Right. right? That's true. And, and she's beautiful and sexy, but she's also strong and powerful. She's independent and she can hold her own. And I think that's one of the reasons that my daughter really loves that character. She's and 10 years old. She and almost had a thing with Bruce Banner in Age of well, Ultron. Oh, take yeah, it easy. Exactly, no, we don't want to right? go there. <laughs> got weird. No, it was just weird. It was a weird <laughs> development for her character. I kind of went, I, I understand yeah. what they're trying to do, but it's coming off as kind of this Well, I think rom-com. he was such a loner and she related to that. And so she, you know, there's a little bit of attraction there. Right? Yeah. Huh. Well, let's, how about we wrap up with, with that question? That was really good, Dr. Man. I like that as a closing thought for this. Whoa, hmm. this moderator episode. man. Moderator man coming J- in and ruining the Jake's bag. Hello, listener. Um, <laughs> in fact, they're drinking this Perrier. Um, <laughs> We're high class here. Yeah. In my office. Yeah. But uh, no, and that's things we want. This was more of kind of a general overview okay, of superhero sure. and comic book stuff, like that, uh, stuff like that. So let's tease the next one. In our t- uh, the next episode, we are going to be talking a little more specifically, right, Kent? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna actually break down actual superheroes and their problems. So we'll be talking about Batman, Iron Man, Captain America. You we don't name call it. them problems here, Kent. This is a safe space. Oh yeah, I this mean, is the trust tree, only Kent. your problems, Kent. We that's what we're gonna right. talk about. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> we're all special and unique. Yeah, yeah. So Snowflakes. that's the thing. And so if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at 76 Joel. You can also catch me at Quick Wits. They perform every Saturday evening at 10 o'clock at the Midville Performing Arts Center. For more details, go to their Facebook page or go to qwcomedy.com. I've got movie reviews at showtimeshowdown.com. You can find me at Twitter and Instagram at Kenny3DD. And also every Friday morning at 8.30 a.m. on KJS Channel 14. Woo. You can find me whispering on Bacon Sale. Uh, <laughs> also on Twitter at Jacob A. Rogers. And Dr. Matt, where can they find you? I'm in my office a lot. <laughs> uh, I also, uh, when I'm not hanging with you cool cats, Woo, I, do, uh, I do daytime TV for Fresh Living Channel 2 with Casey and Debbie. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a fun. I'm a regular guest there. Yeah, so you can look forward to part two of this. Uh, we're going to talk with more with Dr. Matt the next episode about uh, specific superheroes. So, gentlemen, who are your favorite superheroes? <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna talk about that next, next episode. <laughs> you just blew oh. that segue big time. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> this has been Becky Cell. So, gentlemen, who are your favorite superheroes? We're actually spooning on the couch. Right. I like to call this the trust tree. We're in the trust tree. Oh, Jolie's feelings are totally okay. Great but hair, great abs. It, exactly, all that stuff. He's got, you can't Joel's touch just into him. looks. And then we got Nipple Suit Batman. Millionaire playboy by day, vigilante by night. Right. Trapped between two worlds. And he beats fire? Well, well, that was cool. Ghost Rider word. I remember being really into Darth Vader. Well, you I were was you really into Darth Vader. Were I you killing that. small animals at the same time? got a belt buckle on. Why are you mad?
stuff blows up and people yeah. look sexy. I think we talked about how that was psychotic, but go ahead. <laughs> I was way too old to be thinking that. How do I love my life as a hero's journey and not a Greek tragedy? I guess it depends on if you live on the east side or the west side. Here's a new thing I have. I'm sorry. Tell me more. safe space. Oh yeah, thanks Joel. You're welcome. Um, That's why I'm here. It's good. I was checking out her skin. It's totally normal. Purple guy in the credits was Thanos. Mm, What? Spoilers. If I believe hard enough, I can I can choke her out.